What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's time for blood rounds. It's time for blood rounds. Heavy crew of wrestling. Heavily invested. Tommy did the same, so they have similar perspectives. Your knowledge is extensive. Go ahead and mail the questions. Blood round of best web wrestling presence. Collectively, they bless your ears each week with the podcast. But they write, share, post, tweet, not a place you can go to hear about a touchdown or field goal or home run. But you can hear about no jump shots, no puck stops, no fake case in the wrong run. Just high five, front headlines, and Jordan Bros for the blast double. So, so a match. It ain't real wrestling, it's in a ring with no head, you're a single it. Single best show coming at you now. If you skip an episode, that means you tap down. Make sure you make weight, better shed a couple pounds. Throw a mat down, listen, cause it's time for blood round. Stop a blood round now, it's time for blood round now. Stop for blood round now, it's time for blood round now. Stop for blood round now, it's time for blood round now. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast. Oh, I'm Tommy Baranowski. That's Kevin Clanch. Welcome to episode 299. 299, 299. It sounds like you're buying something from the store. Remember when meals at drive throughs were 299? Vaguely, yeah. 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 Now it's like 970 or something crazy. It's just. The, Ridiculous. The dollar menu doesn't even exist. Every it's like dollar fifty <laughs> now, and you're like, "Can I get a double cheeseburger?" And they're like, "Yeah, that'll be a dollar seventy-five." And you're like, "Well, I thought it was a dollar." They go, "No, that's a mick double." And you go, "Well, what's the difference?" And they're like, "It's a piece of cheese." <laughs> <laughs> what the hell just happened? Yeah, it's uh, crazy. But um, yeah, welcome again, Tommy Baranowski, Kevin Clunch, uh. BloodRound.com, BloodRound. And Twitter at K-O-A-T-I-G for myself, at Clonchinator for Kevin. Blood Round 1 on Instagram, Blood Round Wrestling YouTube page. Thanks to Easy Flex Mats for putting up some videos on there, some old man tricks. Go check it out. It's a little weird to talk about that considering Sean Bormet is our guest today. And he works with Bella Glazov, so we probably shouldn't plug our technique but we're doing it. We're, it's too late now. It's too late. So. You have access to one of those. It's, all right. Whoever's t- listening, it, you don't have access to both. And if you do, you're probably with the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. So yeah. Whatever. But exactly. Um, 
Not everybody does, is my point. And then Adidas Wrestling, uh, go to adidaswrestling.com. Use the promo code BLOOD20. You get 20% off. You also help this podcast. Kevin has some shoes on. Or yes. He I, was in the middle of a wardrobe change. I was in the middle of a wardrobe change because we were recording back-to-back episodes, but in reverse order. And uh, I was in the process of putting on my combat speeds, which I really like. And the reason I chose the combat speeds is because – before Michigan was uh, back with Nike when they were with Adidas, I believe the last shoes that they rocked were the uh, combat speeds. So that's why I chose them. Remember when Kellen Russell used to wear the reds? Well, he he won his first national title in the combat speed threes. <laughs> and then, yeah, he won his second national title in, I think it was like the, the red Londons or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the Olympic. Uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah. But, I know um, my shoes, and I know my Michigan wrestling. <laughs> well, thanks to Adidas for sponsoring us, and thanks to you guys using the promo code. It really helps keep this thing going, and it's a it's a crazy week. So Tuesday, September 15th, as we record this, there was football this last weekend, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, what the fake fan noise I wanted to talk about. Okay. Though. Okay. Um, I'm in. It, why does it suck? I mean, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar industry and you couldn't figure this out by now. You couldn't have some nerd, you know, give each guy a keyboard with 30 different noises on there and go, I mean, how hard would it be? All right. So you're working for the NFL and they're probably like, all right, you, you have $200,000 to figure out this fan noise issue. And like, oh, okay. For wrestling, all you'd have to do Go to some old gym, like old low ceiling gym. Put about 200 wrestling fans. Maybe give them some t-shirts or something. They'll yeah. be they'll be all fired up. And really, you got to just I wear t-shirts. <laughs> and and really, you just get them to yell. And so I was thinking of phrases. So you just come up with like 30 phrases, and then you have an operator with the keyboard in front of them, and then like the code in oh, front yeah, of yeah. you. And so two, obviously, you know, yelling two. That's a takedown, ref. Yeah. (laughs) Two. You know, like you get that going. Uh, Stalling, obviously. You know, that's stalling. Uh, That's a pin. Yep. Always popular. That's a a pin. Come on. That's a pin. Slap the mat. That's a pin. Uh, Squeeze. Yep. Squeeze is a big one. Just a general ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Like for a nice throw or like, oh, you know, like. Get up. (laughs) That's a big one. Uh, Just a good old boo account. Yes. So for the drop down rule or for on when they're kind of close to near fall, count. Start counting. Why are you counting? Um, And uh, give them a pillow. I like. Ooh, I haven't heard that. For bottom stalling. Oh, okay. Give them a pillow down there. Just you know, start yelling at them. See, you're around much more sophisticated wrestling crowds than I. I'm uh, experienced with, as far as the high school level, at least. But I could get this done in one day for the low cost of a couple hundred T-shirts, I think. And the NFL can't figure this out. I'm watching Sunday Night Football at New York, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get an interception, and they cheer. Right, right. So those, or there's the go-ahead touchdown, or there was a winning field goal in a game, and there was like a mild applause. Yeah. So. My viewing experience was a little bit different for a couple of reasons. One, 
when I started, like, I was watching the game. I, I'm a Lions fan. I, well, you watch the same game. You're a Bears fan. So, right. like, it, Sorry, our, Abro. Our viewing experience was, was very similar, in fact. Has I'm anyone sure. checked on Abro? I mean, has, has he been tweeting today? I know. Have, we, have we made a 24-hour check on him? Stay strong, buddy. I, I know it's <laughs> it's rough. So I'm at my kid's second birthday party while oh, this game no. is on, right? Yeah. And, and uh Oh, happy and, birthday to you by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um and and but no, it's like I'm I'm at this party and we're hanging out and people get there around three o'clock. We start eating pizza around three thirty or so and like I'm feeling good. And then, you know, the bears start to come back and you start making the jokes like it wouldn't be a, a home opening or a, a first game of the season if there wasn't an epic fourth quarter meltdown, you know, and then sure enough, like they start falling apart. They do fall apart. And then they're driving down. They throw <clears> – <throat> for those of you who didn't watch the Lions and, and aren't in Michigan, like, I apologize for this this walkthrough. But, like, this is this is what happens. They get the pass, hits Swift in the hands. 99 times out of 100, that's a catch and a touchdown. And yet he drops it. Now, put yourself where I am, which is standing next to my son <laughs> – while he's getting ready to open his first birthday present for for his second birthday, and I go, no! <laughs> like I'm so mad, and it's like you know I got my own family and they know me and whatever, but like at the same time, I'm sure somebody thought at the time like, shouldn't you be paying attention to your kid's party right now? And my answer is no. I will pay attention to my kid's party in six seconds when the next play is over with. Uh, or the next two plays, I thought. Of course, we spent all six seconds on one play that also sucked. Um, so now that we've bummed everyone out, yeah, I I don't remember your question. Oh, fan noise? I didn't give a shit about the fan noise. <laughs> I was already super pissed at that point. Football is football. Well, maybe maybe wrestling <laughs> is easier for the fake fan noise because yes. it's so predictable. I guess maybe that's that's part of it. But I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. When when the Lions were um, driving back down at the end of the game, and there's like there's just two more plays in the game or three more plays in the game. Yep. Remy started being pretty fussy, and I just was like to Courtney, I was just like, "This is you. Like, I'm not. <laughs> you give me a minute and a half, two minutes tops. Like, there's three plays, no timeouts left." I I can't like yeah. just can we I know I'm I know I'm being a dick right now. But Games just, on the line, but this but, is but, what you yeah. you have to prepare for. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. It'd be like like me like minutes. all right, you know the they drew 141 to start, and the Michigan Penn State duel is coming down to Michik and Ro- Roman Bravo Young this next season. Um, honey, the kids being fussy. You have gotta give me this. <laughs> Kids I'll fussy. take the rest of the night. Don't care. <laughs> like, um, yeah, this is ninety seconds. It's never just seven minutes, though. I know, I know, it's not. It's more like fifteen. I'm gonna need all of that. But, but this was even worse because it was really. There's three plays with no timeouts. Right, like, right. Let's yeah. just let's just be done with this. Um, uh, crazy news with the Navid Afkari. Like we kind of jokingly talked about that because I tweeted out, I retweeted what. 
Trump tweeted just because I thought it was news that the president treated about the Iranian wrestler on, right. on death row. And then I got a bunch of hate um, from both sides, which I didn't know that was possible. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to pissing off countries, though. Uh, that was one thing we should probably mention on episode 300 was like me pissing off Chechnya, uh, the Czech Republic, um, uh, pissing off Russia, um, pissing off. Um, oh, what was that one? That was the, uh, the crazy Colombian or no Venezuelan. Yeah. That was a weird one. So yeah, the, the international hate sometimes. Um, but unfortunately, Navid Efkari was executed and now there are a lot of international monitors that peacekeepers, monitors, human rights monitors, um, and some of them are calling for Iran to be sanctioned uh, as far as international sport goes. It's, it's such an, it's such an interesting thing in Iran. And, you know, Willie did tweet out earlier today or yesterday where, I mean, and essentially what he's saying, I'm paraphrasing, forgive me, but it's about to be 2021. You got, they don't allow women to compete in sports. They're not even allowed in arenas. That's is they've. It's it's not a great situation there. There's um there's a lot of rights being. Um, I mean it's we're about to be in 2021 in a couple months here. You're like, can't you join the rest of the world yet? Like, I mean this this regime that runs the country, and unfortunately, a lot of Iranians are are much closer to that. 2021, but this regime sort of does this backwards thinking as if it was 3,000 years ago. Um, I don't think there will be any international sanctions because the evidence really isn't going to be there. Um, evidence is tough in human rights violations because you basically have to keep records of the shitty stuff you're doing. Yeah. Um, the only person you're who- suggesting they didn't. No, they probably <laughs> they they came up with some fake confessions uh-huh. and you know and a fake charge and all this other stuff and so to make an example out of them and everything like that. But they their evidence is going to be all pro Iran. The only person that ever really did that was Adolf Hitler. He kept meticulous records of the heinous stuff Germany was doing, the Nazi Party was doing. Um. I mean, even with like Slobodan Milosevic and Yugoslavia and the Armenian genocide and uh, ethnic Albanians and everything like that, like they weren't keeping records. They deny it. They still deny it to these days uh, the, and everything like that. So I don't think anything will come of it, unfortunately, for those reasons. But um, sad to see such a situation happen. But it's it's been interesting that there's been a very large outcry out there and – um, something just to sort of keep your eye on, and it's very, um, very, very interesting that the to see wrestling get such news in in that way. You don't want news to happen in this way, but um, interesting that people calling for sanctions in Iran, which would greatly change our sport. It, it it really would. I mean, you know, it's it's one of the things that you know we always talk about is just when the sport does come together and and unify for some some positive stuff, right? And this was one of those things like I'm not the the most politically dialed in in, in any regard. Like like I had no idea how imminent or how quickly this was going to happen, right? But I I 
I did see immediate reaction. Right. Like people were were on the right side of this, saying like, "Hey, like maybe hold on a minute, and like <laughs> maybe don't do that." Like, and and from from a bunch of people. Um. So it's we've got good people in the sport. I tend to to err on the positive, and we can't do anything about it now, except hopefully that there will be some sort of repercussions. But you know, time not to know. not holding our breath, but no. um. Well, on a much lighter note, we have a great guest today, and we're really excited to uh, talk to him. Are we ready? Or are we? We are ready. Sweet. Let's do it. And joining us now, Michigan head coach and all-around awesome guy, Coach Sean Barmet. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Well, we're doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. You can obviously follow um, Michigan Wrestling, you Mich Wrestling, but um, and then Coach Bormet is at Sean underscore Bormet. Um, it's a it's been a long, uh, weird year, obviously, and a lot of weird months. But uh, you got a pretty exciting week ahead of you with uh, the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. Um, getting some matches in. Yeah, I mean, I had the vibes going all day. I had my blood round hat on. Nice. From the time I got to the office to the time I got done with practice. So just so you guys know. I appreciate um, it. But yeah, no, we're, we're super excited. I mean, I, 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 you know, we were talking as a staff. I mean, we haven't cornered matches since, uh, the Big Tens, you know, uh, so. It's the longest time I've gone without coaching, um, you know, since I started coaching. So we're uh, we're super excited uh, for these guys to get a chance to compete uh, this Saturday, and uh, I'm excited to get to coach them. Are Are you working on your challenge brick toss? Then I mean, you got to get that arm loose. Yeah, yeah, we've 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 had a couple extra rounds at the end of practices, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, usually we draw straws, and somebody has to be the official, and then we, we've been working on throwing the blocks at them. <laughs> It, it, it's funny though you you brought some I had never even considered and and I I should have considered this because you know you you got the competitive juices as an athlete but you have the same sort of adrenaline and the same sort of fire as a coach like you 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 pour yourselves into these guys and then all of a sudden the season ends and you you don't know when you're going to get to coach again yeah like I didn't even think about the fact that you guys are are just ready to get out there and watch your guys compete yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, really, it's, you know, even for our, you know, for our athletes, I mean, I would say, you know, when you talk about, you know, college coaches, you know, college level, club level athletes, I mean, it's, this has been more time off for any of us probably since we started the sport. And, uh, I mean, I've commented on it several times. It's, you know, there was a point, you know, early, you know, when, when COVID really hit and things were really shut down, like, you know, the second half of March and April and, and a good chunk of May. And I mean, it, it had been the longest I've gone without being on a wrestling mat since I was like eight years old. And, uh, you know, and, you know, for myself, even with our team, I mean, honestly, I was, you know, I think part of it's, you know, part of it's optimism. And, uh, you know, I think it's more optimism than, than being naive. But when this thing first started and the NCAAs got canceled, I mean, I, I, and we took, we sent our guys home. I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this, this will last a couple of weeks. You know, we'll see these guys in a couple of weeks. We'll be back and get ready for freestyle season. And, you know, and then it just kept going and it's like unbelievable. So, you know, the fact that we're at the point we're at now and, and we have, uh, we have a bunch of great matches, uh, this Saturday night. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, awesome. 
Well, maybe the rest of the wrestling coaches will want wrestling to come back because it seems like you've, uh, you haven't stopped and your energy may have been focused elsewhere and suddenly you've been, uh, bringing some more talent to Ann Arbor with, uh, Chance Lamer coming in, the Tanifu twins. You got Alex, Alec Derringer, um, coming in for the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club and then after this season, uh, Patrick Brucky coming in. So it doesn't seem like you've been taking any time off, coach. Yeah, we've, we've got a pretty, you know, we've, we've tried to focus on all the things we, we have been able to, you know, in this, in this downtime, you know, our, before we could get back into our facilities and, and train, we would, you know, we had a lot of staff meetings, you know, we would focus on, you know, the, the recruiting aspects, how to, how to keep moving our program forward, you know, how to keep moving the club forward. You know, we were super excited, uh, you know, when Alex Danger uh, made the, the transition to, to join the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club and, and be a part of our program. Uh, I, you know, I, I had the privilege of knowing Alex earlier in his career and, and, and coaching him when he was on the, the junior world team and build a little relationship with him. And um, he's just, you know, he's just one of those guys. Like he, he's so fun to have in the room because one, he's, you know, he's just, he's a very special wrestler, but he's also, you know, a guy that's just super positive. He's super, uh, you know, super fun to be around in the practice room. He's super serious and trains really hard, but he, yeah, he's just got a great approach to the sport and the way he trains and, and, and he wants everyone around him to be better. I mean, he's really excited to be part of kind of a team, a whole club team. And, and, uh, you know, he's excited to go on this trip and, and, and you can just tell even in the practice room watching him work. I mean, he, he's, he's there to improve and get better. And, and, but he's also trying to make everyone around him better too. Well, and, and that's one of the things I, I shout out to the Cave Talk podcast. I, I listen to that as often as I can and, and they had him on there and, and, and Malik and Jordan Amin were, talking to him and and that was one of the things that I just mentioned to you before we even started recording like he's he's super upbeat like you know you have these perceptions of guys when you don't get to see him except for when they're wrestling and then seconds after they get done with the wrestling match right and so they're a lot more intense but yeah super super fun guy like to joke around and was laughing a lot I'm like man like I totally see why you want to bring a guy like this into a program plus He's going to be wrestling against, you know, Olympic and world caliber guys in the room that he's not going to have to try and beat to make the world team. So it's a perfect yeah, it's, it's a great training situation. I was just this, you know, we've been ramping up for these matches, and you know, I've been, you know, in some of those practices, uh, you know, with Sergey and, and our staff, and uh, I mean, it, there are some, <laughs> there's some incredible scrambles and uh hard earned takedowns and turns going on uh between all those guys in our room and it's uh it's a it's a lot of fun to watch and that's you know that's what that's what drives the level up you know and they're very competitive but but they also want each other to get better and it's just uh it's a great it's a great chemistry right now um but yeah anyway getting back to the the uh cliff keen nittany line wrestling club uh duel and and you know plus additional right like <laughs> tell tell me a little bit about kind of how that that event got going like was his Tommy and I have talked about this for a long time and how great it would be to have kind of these RTC duels and, and to have some of these events and, and, you know, selfishly as, as spectators and fans of the sport, we want to see it. And so we're trying to talk and say like, you know, well, well why wouldn't these guys want to get some additional domestic matches, get a feel for somebody they might compete against, bump up a weight, you know, but how, how did this thing eventually like actually come to fruition and, and get together? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, right towards the end of August, uh, you know, Kale reached out to me and, and said he was, you know, he, he had an idea and was thinking about, uh, 
you know, putting a, an RTC type duel together with some, you know, just some, some featuring some great matches. Uh, and, you know, both of us, you know, have, you know, bigger, you know, two of the bigger RTCs and clubs and, and more developed, uh, you know, programs and, you know, both have some guys around similar weight ranges, uh, that could be really interesting matchups. And, you know, we, we, you know, we talked about, it. I thought it was a great idea. And I was, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think, you know, Kale's a smart guy and, and, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed working with him and partnering with him on, on these matches and, and some of the ideas behind it. And, um, you know, so I was on board and, and I talked to our guys right away. And of course, you know, they were all excited to compete. You know, just have an opportunity to compete because right. it's been so long. So, uh, it really just started. He reached out and you know, it just kind of built from there. And obviously there's some, you know, some other clubs and RTC guys also. I mean, we, we kind of have, uh, the majority of the, the matchups, but there's some other like, you know, some other clubs and RTCs involved, uh, yep. bringing guys in, you know, like, like, like Lehigh and, um, UPenn and, and, um, you know, it's just really, it's, I mean, I'm excited about every match on this, uh, on this lineup. Well, and, and it just makes sense, you know. I mean, kind of like you said, with uh, two uh, awesome bald wrestlers getting together and, and using the, the the brilliance of the bald head. I mean, I'm 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 right there with you. I mean, you know, and uh, <laughs> to come up with, with such an awesome event like this, like it's uh, as soon as you guys both put out kind of that uh, ambiguous September 19th tweet, I think like the Twitter wrestling universe was kind of like. Wait, what's happening? Is this really going to happen? And then, you know, it's one of those things where you think it might happen, but then it does. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, it's you know, and it is. That's you know, all of it's fun. I mean, it's uh, you know, you know, some of the matchups and just you know, even the promotion. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, it's one of those nights where there's there's going to be awesome wrestling, like just really some great wrestling and and uh, and opportunity for the guys to just you know really get back on the mat and compete hard and. Like I said, I just think there's a lot of fun, exciting matches to watch and matches that, you know, I've wanted to see for a while. And, and, uh, you know, I'm obviously I'm super excited about our guys competing, but, you know, even a lot of the other guys on here, I'm, I'm, they're exciting wrestlers to watch. So, you know, um, I know it's going to be an intimate setting and, and, you know, mostly, you know, just be, you know, the streamed, uh, pay-per-view on Rockfin and, um, you know, so it'll be an intimate setting in there in terms of like just the the people that are actually in in by the mat. So uh, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Do you think in the future? I mean, like this kind of kind of be like a trend setting thing where other RTCs are going to want to get involved and do duels, or is this do you think going to be more of like a uh, hey everybody just wanted to compete, COVID set us back, we want to get on the mats and do it, you know, get back to what what we know is regular life. <laughs> no, I I, I think. You know, it's, it's an interesting time because everything stopped. I mean, you know, a lot of other times of the year when some of these opportunities have been talked about, you know, getting them off the ground has been challenging because, you know, throughout the year, there's like all these different tours and like, uh, you know, for the Americans going to certain tours in our American system and our, you know, our U.S. Open and our, our trials and the training camps are involved right. and, you know, the schedule gets tightened up really quickly and, you know, you got to plan recovery in there and, you don't always have all your RTC guys uh, getting ready for the same event. You know, some guys are, you know, getting ready for this one or, you know, going to Belarus. Some guys are going to Krasnyarsk or, you know, competing in the European Championship. So it's it's pretty common to have, like, guys on three or four different training cycles all at the same time. So sometimes getting all this to line up at one time has been challenging because of the, the normal schedule we have. But, right. 
you know, with everything, you know, completely frozen for so long, um, you know, it's created an opportunity to get these, these type of events off the ground and get some, get some inertia behind them. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity. I think there's, you know, with, you know, the more high quality professional media and, and revenue markets, you know, we can pull in around our sport. I think the more these opportunities can exist, uh, you know, for the guys to compete and put some special events on. I completely agree. And there, there's so many matches jumping off the page here, but, um, you know, Dom, uh, Abinator getting a chance to wrestle Jaime Espinal. Uh, Jaime is a veteran, 35 years old, a Olympic silver medal, uh, back in 2012, a guy who's always been around. Uh, we, a lot of wrestling fans probably know him from the Pan Am scene and everything like that. I mean, what, and with, with Dom getting some success in the Asian championships and a, and a few international things, I mean, how, he's got to be really excited for this match. Yeah, no, he really is. I mean, he's excited. He knows, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got some, you know, some special things he does and some big moves and, you know, it's just an exciting matchup, you know, and Dom's, Dom's been, you know, he's been in there working pretty hard and I've seen a lot of development from him, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, you know, as he's gotten more international experience because Dom's a guy that he really didn't wrestle, he really didn't wrestle much freestyle in high school. I think, you know, he wrestled and went to Fargo one time. Uh, that was it because he played, and he played football. He was a great football player at St. Ed's in high school and just, you know, he really, he didn't do a lot of freestyle. So I've really, you know, it's really been fun to watch him develop and, and continue to have success, uh, you know, at the international level. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys that I'm I'm super pumped to watch wrestle and, and get back out there. Um, I, I'm probably most excited for uh, the Massa Abdurakhmanov matchup. You know, Abdurakhmanov obviously a, a, an incredibly successful uh, international wrestler as well. And then the last time we were watching Logan Massa wrestle freestyle, he was knocking off Mikhail Lewis and Nazar Kolchitsky and you know having a lot of success too. So yeah, winning the Bill Farrell right or the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah, he had a great, a great tournament back in December. You know, strung a lot of really, really great matches together. Did a lot of, you know, a lot of nice things on the mat, and, and he's been in there working hard too. I mean, he's Logan. You know, Logan, you know, is pretty consistent with his training, so you know, he's really poured himself in. Uh, you know, taking advantage of being able to wrestle a lot with, you know, with uh, Pantelio and Abinator and Miles Amin and Alex Danger, and he's, you know, he's had, he's had a good. Uh, you know, good body of work uh, lead, leading up to this, so that's definitely an exciting match. I mean, because uh, Bexad's, you know, he's really he's really tough, got a lot of experience, a lot of big match experience, and you know, they have some similar you know similar aspects to their styles of wrestling. So I think uh, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a great match. Yeah, that's great. And then you know, I think the the U.S. Open was a I think a bit of a surprise for a lot of people for Logan Massa to go out there and win it, but it was also one of the first times it seemed like we've seen him healthy in a good 24 months prior. Yeah, he, he fought through, you know, pretty, pretty long string of injuries, you know, which, you know, which took a toll on him a little bit physically and, and, and also a little bit mentally and, it, you know, wears you down a little when I mean, you're in those situations. So I think, you know, that, that Olympic redshirt year, uh, you know, was, was a huge benefit for him and, and he put a lot of work in and, uh, and I think he, you know, I think he made a lot of progress. And, you know, and then we had that long layoff again. So I'm just, uh, I'm just excited. I know he's really excited to get out and compete. Logan's a guy I love. I mean, he loves, 
he loves to train, but he, you know, if, if he could choose anything, it's, it's wrestle hard, live wrestling. He loves to compete. He loves to wrestle hard in the practice room. You know, he, he, he does all the other stuff, but that, those are his favorite things to do. So I know he was, uh, he was hoping he would have an opportunity to, to wrestle in this event. And, um, you know, we were able to, to make it happen. So I think he's, I know he's really excited for it. He, he definitely seems like the person who would be, most ready to get back out there and compete for yeah. sure. So yeah, um, yeah. Logan's a guy, you know. It's you know, it's he'll drill. It's like you know, eight to ten minutes of drilling, but you know, really, you know, after two minutes, he wants to start going hard. You know, so he's <laughs> he's just he loves to compete and wrestle live. So uh, I know he's he's pumped. Don't we all? Right. So speaking of wrestling live, I mean, like, did did you and Kale talk about a match? Like, just throwing it out there, maybe one three minute period, like. <laughs> I mean, listen, Kale's a smart guy. I mean, him and Casey, you know, I, I honestly think he brought Casey on, uh, you know, because those two have been studying me closely since 2011. I mean, I, it's, you know, these guys, you know, they can't quite get the clean, crisp haircut down like I have it. And right. they're constantly, constantly right. trying to compete with me and study, you know, all aspects of, of, of my, my, uh, my work. It's very you know, I don't difficult. Know if these guys, you know, one. if they cut each other's hair or cut their own hair. I mean, I got my own barber, you know, and this guy's <laughs> unbelievable, super consistent, best cut in town, and these guys are always studying me. So, you know, it's it's driving them nuts. I know they're going to be trying to compete hard in the corner yep. uh, this Saturday night, but you know, in terms of the wrestling, we haven't even been able to get to that point yet. <laughs> there you go. Well, are you you straight razor on that or? Oh, I got I got the, I got the the clothes clippers. No ah, guard. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I like it. Well, um, obviously, you know, regarding the, the 2019-2020 season, you know, uh, uh, you guys redshirted a lot of people, and, and it ended so abruptly, right? Not right, but being a coach, obviously, you know, you got to take some good things away from the year, you know. So what what are some of the things you saw from some of the underclassmen that really stood out to you and, and will help the future of, uh, of the program? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously when, when we decided to want to graduate those guys, it was also, you know, we also knew we were creating opportunities for a lot of other young guys that were in our in our room and training hard and, and oh, yeah. to get a lot of valuable time in our lineup. And I, I, I mean, to be honest, we we talked about it early in the year and, and what a lot of our focus was going to be in terms of just like weekly development and progress. And and you know, it was clear to us as a coaching staff. I mean, from the beginning, there was a total commitment and 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 you know, and excitement for them in terms of focusing on weekly development. And, you know, along with the discipline it requires, you know, we saw that from, from that group. And, and I think they quickly learned, uh, you know, how hard they could compete and, and, and what the level you had to compete at was, uh, you know, especially in the big 10. And, yeah, you know, and I know, you know, our team, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that they didn't have us penciled in anywhere in the top 25 when they saw we were Olympic red cheering these guys and, you know, and, and, you know, by the time we got, uh, you know, the, you know, January, February, we started wrestling some of the tougher teams in the big 10 and we were competitive in every weight and every match and every duel. Um, you know, our guys, you know, they, I was proud of them and, and, and I thought they did a good job at the big tens and, and that, that mindset mentality is just carried over, uh, you know, into this, into the summer once we got back and, you know, as we've brought back some of our Olympic red shirts, I mean, uh, the momentum's just carrying over. So, um, it was, I thought it was, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of positives coming out of this past season. The mentality seems to just 
be there right now. I mean, you have Mason Paris, who's just a workhorse. I think he powers like three small towns on the weekends. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, just to keep in shape. And then, uh, um, we were, we had Miles and Malik, um, on the uh, podcast, uh, I don't know, sometime this, this summer. And when we brought up Jack Medley, they were just like, he's a psycho. He's a psycho. But the good, but the good kind. <laughs> but the of psycho. good, but the good kind. Like yeah. he just will outwork everybody. And, and he was just a pleasant surprise from us wrestling fans. I, I, obviously, you on the inside probably wasn't as much of a surprise to you, but you know, you you have two guys like that that just step in on on such a season and and lead by that kind of example. It it just seems to show in the program. Yeah, you know, I I, I saw our chemistry really develop last year, and the chemistry was developing around the pride that these guys were taking and the hard work they were doing, and the the consistency and you know the discipline it takes to do that for a whole season. And and um, you know, Jack Medley's definitely a guy that I mean, he lives it every day. I mean, every day he lives it, and the way he approaches everything he does, maximum effort. You know positive attitude he doesn't put limits on himself you know he really i mean he really pushes it and uh you know and he was our he was our anchor you know 125 and then you go all the way to the top with mason and you know mason's you know same way i mean he just exploded and uh he's really been you know just developing since the minute he set foot in our program you know and he's another guy that you know as successful as he was in high school he he was a three-sport athlete you know, his freshman year in Michigan was the first time he ever really kind of focused on wrestling full time, and, and and his ongoing development has just uh, you know has just continued to to increase you know week by week, and you know, and even like now, you know, like I, I literally at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, I'm getting a, a text in early morning from our our or later you know later in the morning our strength coach when he gets back. He's, he's texting me like some new record Mason has broken, uh, <laughs> strength records, you know. Um, you know, and it's, but we got, you know, but in between those two, we got a, we got a whole roster full of guys right now that are just, oh, yeah. they love being back. They're, 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 they're training hard in the weight room. You know, we're doing a lot of skill development. And I think, you know, that's, you know, getting them to really, you know, at this time right now, we all love to compete, but right now we don't know when the next time we'll compete, you know, collegially is. So, you know, just working and developing the mindset where these guys just love to compete in, in the room with what they're doing and what their development looks like uh, from week to week. I mean, that's just uh, it's been it's been great. Well, it's cool watching you know on, on Instagram and whatnot. You guys running through the arb like you know I, I grew up in Ann Arbor, so I was kind of always took some of those things for granted, right? But then I'm like, oh yeah, it would be awesome to be an athlete and just run through the arb as the sun rises and how beautiful and serene a setting that would be. But, you know, I mean, obviously bringing back such a strong lineup this year, uh, all, all the guys from Red Shirt and coming in and, and just fitting right into the lineup at the right time. You got Cam Amin jumping in there. You got, uh, you know, just a million guys jumping right back into the lineup, too. Like, I don't really know how to pose the question. Like, you guys are, are expecting a big year. You're, you're I think, ranked second in, uh, in most of the polls going into the year. Like, you know what? What is the the mindset, or what is the message to the team at this point? Yeah, really, it's you know, there's there's a you know, there's an overarching excitement 
you know, for everyone about a season right now, uh, from our team to our staff to our alumni and, and our and our fan base. And you know, and I think it's awesome. I mean, I, you know, it's great to be recognized as, as you know one of the top teams, like going into a year. But you know, but honestly. You know, right now our guys are just, man, they're so happy to be back together in our facility, doing what they love to do, um, with the camaraderie and, and pushing each other. And, you know, and I, and we, we, you know, we're constantly reminding them, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, everything's on paper. You got to prove, you know, you got to prove how good you are, like every day in your work, uh, in our sport. And, and every time you step on the mat, you want to be at a higher level. And, you know, everything we're doing right now is, you know, is just getting to that. And it's relaxed and, and the guys are having fun and we're mixing up uh, different workouts. And, you know, because of the different protocol, we've been doing a lot of small group training, which has actually been awesome because you can, you know, you can focus on so, a lot more individual development and, yeah. um, you know, really breaking down a lot of our mat wrestling and, you know, and getting the guys really excited about, you know, riding and pinning and scoring bonus points. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, We've been we've been back training uh you know quite a bit you know July August we had a good group of guys here and all everybody's been back on campus uh you know since the end of August so you know these these first couple weeks of September have been great and uh, you know once we have an idea of like what our season might look like and, and what our start date might be you know I think we're gonna probably have a longer fall than we usually do you know yeah, I, yeah. I don't anticipate our season starting November one like usual so. You know, we're, we're just playing some different things and, and some unique, uh, you know, ways to train and, and maximize that time this fall. No, it's completely understandably right. I guess, you know, and, and, uh, one of the, one of the questions I had here was, you know, with things being so unique and whatever other adjective you want to use to describe the last several months, like recruiting still obviously has to happen, right? So as far as reaching out to, uh, people and figuring out how to bring people in. Like, what were some of the unique challenges during the the typical recruiting period? Yeah, I think you know, there's there's been two phases. I mean, the the, the you know the 2021 recruits who haven't been able to visit the campus yet or meet with a coaching staff face to face or spend time with the team because we've been in this. We've been in this dead period since the middle of March. Right. So those kids, it's been you know mostly it's just been challenging. You know, because, you know, we try, we, you know, we, we call them and, you know, I love recruiting. I, I love meeting the, the young guys in, in our sport and their families. And I, I really enjoy recruiting. So I, I enjoy the home visits. I enjoy watching them compete at tournaments and, you know, watching, you know, how they, how they, you know, their body language before a big match or, you know, how they interact with their teammates and their coaches. I like watching all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, so not being able to do a lot of the face to face stuff has been a little bit, you know, it's, it's been, probably more challenging for the actual recruits than our staff. You know, we can watch a lot of stuff on film, but you know, you, you can't experience it the same way over, you know, a FaceTime call or zoom, you know, we've, we've done some creative things with our, our zoom meetings and, and trying to give kids some experience. And, you know, we've done some different videos to showcase our facilities and, you know, and uh, we've done everything we can within the rules, but, you know, but it still doesn't, uh, you know, it still doesn't take the place of the, the official visit or being on campus. And, and we've had some kids, you know, like one of the, one of the things that's been so challenging, like even, you know, some of the, the 2022s we've had, you know, we've had some 2022s, you know, and like, you know, some of the top recruits, the very top recruits, like on our campus recently, like just with their parents, like looking around campus on their own. And, 
you know, we know they're here, but we can't talk to them. We can't see them, you know, and it's like, it's just like, oh, it just kills you because, yeah. you know, you just love to spend some time with them and their parents and, sh- and, and showcase your, your school and your program and your facilities. And, you know, but, but I also know, and, you know, at the 2022s, um, you know, this is temporary and, uh, we'll get past that at some point. This dead period will get lifted and we can get back to, uh, to work, uh, you know, with a lot more face to face interaction because, as much as you enjoy it, you know, the, the one thing you can't duplicate with these, uh, the zooms and stuff is like, you can't, you can't duplicate the same energy as being like in person with somebody. Oh yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's the, you know, you put as much effort into it as you can, but you can only transfer so much, you know, energy, you know, through a computer screen, you know? Well, and one of the nice things though, at least knowing that the 2022s are on campus is that not other schools, let me try and phrase this a little bit better. Other schools don't have Ann Arbor, you know, Ann Arbor is awesome. Ann Arbor <laughs> <Yeah>. is better <laughs> than other campuses that they may or may not be visiting without also being able to talk to coaching staffs, right? Like if you're just judging a recruiting visit on a, on the, the geographic location, Ann Arbor is definitely in like the top three. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, our, our environment, our campus, our town, our community, the people here, the facilities, you know, the, the incredible uh, academic and athletic tradition here. Uh, you, yeah, you, I mean, you can't – photos and images and videos don't do it the true justice is being here, walking around and feeling that for 48 hours. I mean, it just doesn't – you can't you can't compare it. Absolutely. So uh, – we naturally got through one of the questions that I had here for you, so I'm going to go down to the last question here. Uh, and it's basically bringing back some of the Olympic redshirt guys. You know, the way I kind of had the question lined up is what can we expect from from the Lions? But I guess what I, I, I kind of want to amend it a little bit, like are, are you know, Michik, Mean, and, and Massa, and some of these guys getting back in the lineup, like how pumped are they to get back to, like, real grind college wrestling, like – you know, I mean, you take an Olympic red shirt, you're doing a lot of freestyle, which is fun, but like now we're getting into it. They're ready to go again. Yeah. When the Olympics got postponed, you know, well, when, when NCAAs got canceled, then we started hearing about Olympics and I was like, I mean, for those guys and everything we put into this, you know, the past year and for the opportunities they, they have in front of them, uh, you know, at Tokyo, um, you know, my, my, my stomach was in a knot cause I was like, I wasn't sure. Are they going to cancel it? Are they going to pull? I mean, because it's very, you know, like almost unprecedented to postpone Olympic Games. We've had them canceled, or you know. But I was like, then when they decided to postpone it, I was relieved. You yeah. know, I was super relieved uh, to hear that because uh, the worst thing in my mind was canceling them. And, and I called all of them, and, and you know, and even some of our other club guys that are really, you know, they were really pushing for 2020, and they weren't. You know, I wasn't sure if they would keep competing afterwards, but. You know, as I called, uh, you know, Stevan and Miles and Logan, you know, those guys basically, you know, they all were super excited that, that the Olympic Games were, were just being postponed. And, you know, and then we started talking about what the college season might look like and how to, you know, how to approach just all of that. Um, and those guys, you know, they were, they were, it was a quick decision for them. They, they, they know the opportunity, uh, our team has this year. Um, and, and they are really excited, uh, you know, as long as we can have a college season, those guys are excited to put the block M on their back, 
and uh, put their best effort in as seniors, uh, you know, with the goal of winning some NCAA championships individually and as a team. And, uh, you know, those guys are excited about it, and that, that's trickling down throughout our whole roster. And, and everyone knows the work, you know, the work that, that needs to be done. I mean, it's got the work's got to be in there to have a – you know, a confident Michigan team on the mat that's, you know, excited to, to compete and score points and, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, ready to, ready to, ready to compete extremely hard and, and is ready to, uh, you know, put, put, put as much fun into the season as they possibly can. Uh, you know, being Michigan fans, we are, are so absolutely pumped to watch everybody come back, uh, this year and, and to see what the, the season's going to look like and, and, you know, whatever, shape or form the season looks like when wrestling happens we know you guys are going to be there to win it and uh you know we're we're super pumped to watch that i did only have... only bummed out about not seeing 17 amin family members in the corner at a, at the msu open again though yeah i mean that <laughs> well let me tell you you know there, there, i i have no doubt that the the entire you know, a mean wrestling community will be rallying around Cameron Amin for year, this year and years ahead. I mean, he, he is a special wrestler. He he's, is. he's real. You know, I think he's, I think he's a little, you know, he's been flying under the radar a little bit and he redshirted last year. And, but I've been watching his development, uh, this summer and the time he's putting in the focused work and, uh, man, I am excited about Cameron Amin. Well, the Amin wrestling community is definitely a good way of putting it because they, they've, they have mats at their houses. He didn't miss out on much training time. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. And, that, and, and, and Sam and Mike bring so much energy, uh, oh, yeah. you know, to, to, to everything. I mean, I, I've known those. I mean, those guys were hosts of mine on my recruiting trip here. So I've right. known those guys for a long time. Oh, yeah. And, and that, that their energy for this sport and enthusiasm is the same as it is now as it was back then. And uh, it's awesome. Without a doubt. And, and we're going to let you go here, but. Um, I did have a final question. Dominic Abinader wanted me to ask you, who is the real champ of the upper weight belt? Well, you know, Dom has challenged me many times. You know, he's, he has, he has had possession of the belt here or there, but you know, over, over the last four or five years, the, the, the championship bell is predominantly hung from my locker in the locker room. <laughs> um, you know, I, this week leading up, you know, the last two weeks actually leading up to the event with, uh, you know, with Indy Line Wrestling Club, um, you know, I haven't even wanted to extend, extend, uh, a challenge out to Don and see if he wants to shout out the belt. I just, you know, it's, I'm not willing to give up the belt and I'm also, you know, I got to keep his confidence high. So, you know, maybe next week, <laughs> maybe next week, he'll get another shot at it. There we go. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, it, and that sounds like an honest answer. He was. He was like. He might tell a lie, but we'll see. But uh, no, that that sounds honest. Sounds honest enough. Yeah. So, I like totally. it. Well, uh, thank you so much for the time. Um, we're gonna break down the matches. You know, kind of one by one after this. But uh, you know, again, we're we're huge fans. Truly appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk with us about uh, everything that's going on, and we're super pumped for the event. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for all the support and your guys' enthusiasm and, and everything you do for wrestling. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Do our best, it. sir. Thank you so much. That was a awesome interview. Uh, Coach Sean Bormet is always just uh, he's just a nice guy, you know. Like <laughs> he really is just a nice guy. 
He's he's fun to talk to, easy to joke around with, but you can also tell like just in his voice the how genuine he is and how committed he is to the the, the athletes and everything, and it comes comes through like it's it's a re it's easy to see why he is as successful a coach as he is. You know whether it's it's bringing in talent, whether it's developing the talent, whether it's bringing in coaches. Like Michigan's doing well. It's clear to see why somebody want to be around. Exactly. Well, and you know, wrestling is a, a networking sport. It's too small to piss too many people off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you could probably be on a. I mean, I've, I've been on baseball teams where I really didn't have much of a relationship with the manager. There's 25 guys, yeah. 30 guys on the roster, or something like that. I mean, it, it's. It's really not that important. It's almost like a year at pitching today, or I imagine if they batted me seventh the first week I'm on this team and I keep hitting the shit out of the ball, I'll move up. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. Um, wrestling's so intimate that, uh, yeah, you could see, um, being a little more challenging to be around somebody you didn't want to be around. Yeah. And Michigan is a program and a university, like, you got to work to get in there in the first place. You're going to want to be around somebody and, and other people and other like-minded individuals who want to get to that same level. So thanks again for joining us and, and going through all of that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, always good to catch up with uh, with Coach Bormat. So let's uh, – do we want to touch Beat the Streets first, or do you want to get right into Cliff Keen? Oh, I just – I mean, there's a – I mean, there are a few matches we've already touched on. I mean, Vincenzo versus Dan Valamont, that's one we didn't really know about. I don't think we touched on that one before. Um, I'm excited to see Vincenzo in freestyle. Dan Valamont's a guy who's been around a lot of long time and has had some success, so he's got some veteran tricks up his sleeve and always a, a very physical guy. Um, if Vincenzo can bring that, I can score on you with single legs, and then I can also, if you want to go upper body with me, good luck kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, to freestyle, all of a sudden he could be a guy where you're like, why couldn't he win against pretty much anybody at 74 kilos? I mean, why not? I mean, how does how does his style not translate? to freestyle when you're throwing big moves around like that and everything and just scoring points all over the place. How, how could it not? So really excited to see Vincenzo in freestyle. Yeah. And, and more full time, you know, assuming he, he sticks around in freestyle more full time and, and really gives it a, a go. Like his, his style is so open. He can score from anywhere. I mean, not to be too redundant, but um, he's going to be exciting. You know, I, the matchup, is is the less exciting of the two things, you know? <laughs> I, I yeah. feel like the the Dan Valmont thing. I mean, you you know, we've seen Valmont wrestle and and uh, not to knock him by any means, but you know, this is a Nittany Lion Wrestling Club kind of practice room match. You know, um, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting if Valmont wins. That's what would be the interesting piece. But um, one of these guys has a lot more freestyle matches than the other. But uh, true, you know. Hey, you never know. And practice room matches can be weird. Practice room we, matches we see can th- be weird. We see that in the open season, which may not happen this year, but right. we see that in the open season every year. A lot of a lot of weird results out there where even teammates beating teammates when the one teammate's a returning All-American. Open season is a very underrated children's movie. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Very terrible. I actually haven't seen it. I just thought that was a good Oh, joke. yeah, I've seen it. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> so let's go through a couple of these matches. Obviously, Julia Salat is on the card against Valencia. Uh, super pumped to watch Julia wrestle anytime. Yeah. And uh, and that's going to be a really great matchup with Valencia there. Um, going against... Uh, 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 I mean, Julia's been out there wrestling international competition and beating, you know, other teams, world members and, and medalists for, for years. She just hasn't really gotten a spot domestically. So it'll be good to see her go out there and, and battle and put it on the line. And, and I, I mean, I'm going to pick her. I think she's going to win. I'd, I'd imagine so in this. Uh, and then you've got Jennifer Page versus Zavala. Zavala had a really good U.S. Open. Um a surprising U.S. Open, so with some pins in there too, which I always love seeing. I love seeing pins in freestyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're sneaking by some three to two matches and some stuff like that. It's like, okay, you know, maybe you got the, you know, or four to four, you got the last point or something like that, and you won on criteria. I mean, but having pins when you're not really supposed to be the person who I believe she took third, um, I really like, really like to see. So that's a that's an interesting match too. And you got Abinader uh, versus uh, Espinal, Jaime Espinal. Yep. We already touched on that one early earlier uh, with Bormet. Um, that's really pumped to see that. I mean, Espinal's a veteran guy. Abinader's getting more freestyle time under his belt, and maybe you know you hate to see that say that the coronavirus layoff has benefited anybody, but maybe Abinader getting this extra time to train exclusively freestyle his college career is over uh and this is just him freestyle time well i i yes but i also don't necessarily want to say you hesitate to say that that anybody had any positives somebody has to have some positives out of all this bullshit you well, know logan <laughs> logan massa probably having time to get healthier is is another one just uh yeah i mean one of those things I right mean, right just uh you know there's um, it's different well, challenges, same other bullshit. Well, look at um, <laughs> I mean, I was drunkenly joking about Dayton Fix's uh, gift from the gods here, that right? His right. Suspension. I mean, who can who can say they benefited more from COVID nineteen than Dayton than Dayton Fix? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing of consequence. Um, you know, and and obviously, you know, there's like we talked with Bormat, like that was one of the things too. That I don't really consider. We're sitting here selfishly saying, why don't guys battle more domestically? And it's like, hey, guess what? You know what? We have a year-round training schedule and tournaments we already have planned on doing. And, like, maybe that's why. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. That makes sense. We're just two wrestling junkies. Like, <laughs> why is it Yeah, there? but I want to watch it not at 3 a.m. So maybe in Oklahoma? Why can't I do cocaine <laughs> on my desk at 10 a.m.? <laughs> exactly. But no, like. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Puritans. <laughs> Is that from something? I feel like that's that. from Thirty Rock. Oh, okay. yeah. There we go. Yep. I have been watching a lot of Thirty Rock recently. Nice. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very. I'm. I got at least involved, and so we're we're alternating between that and uh, uh, New Girl, which is also very good. So, uh, Malik Amin versus Richard Durso. We talked about that last time. We did talk about that last week. Excited about that. Um, I'm doubling down on Malik. I, I'm really excited to see Richard Durso wrestle just because I, I feel like we haven't seen it in a long time. I don't know, uh, but um, All-American Richard Durso. If, forget to mention, 
he might have single-handedly saved the Franklin and Marshall program because he got he might have he got he finished as an All-American and then I believe a donor or two donated a sizable amount like maybe shortly thereafter. You like know what? We a couple. Talk about this. We talked about that probably two hundred ten episodes ago. Yeah. But yeah, it ended up being a, a two million dollars. This is one of those moments when Jason Bryant's just sitting there, just freaking pissed because yeah. you know he has this information in his front of his uh, brain. If he but, hasn't um, texted us already. <laughs> If this was live, he probably would have. He probably would have already given us the article. Uh, But, um, yeah, it was a very sizable donation that essentially solidified the program for uh, decades and and which was uh, really cool um after he he won all american honors i meant to mention that last week i don't know why um i i, I didn't so forgive me on that but um yeah malik um is training crazy right now and he's been getting better and better so uh, excited to see that well and just you know listening to some of the interviews he's had and and you know uh, uh, shoot him a couple texts here and there, um, and yeah, like he's he's in, he's training hard, and he's he's ready to go. So uh, I'm I'm confident in that pick. Um, Neville's versus Wood. I believe we've talked about that. Did we talk about that one? Nick Neville's Jordan Wood. I believe so. Jordan Wood, I, I wasn't buying in on him, and and then he kept winning, and then he keeps winning. <laughs> so. It's hard to not buy in on him anymore. Well, and I like Neville's coming back. I mean, like, he was one of those guys where, you know, his career kind of ended with injury. Or, I remember he just was, was out of the lineup. Wasn't it? Yeah. Kasser stepped into the lineup and stole his spot and won yeah. the national title? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So you, he, he was, like, the fourth best guy in the country and not the first. Right. And then he lost his spot as a result. Yeah. Which is so, which is pretty crazy. And, tough for him. And, um... You know, Neville's has always been really solid and good. Uh, this would be one if, if there were betting lines on it. Um, and, and there was a plus 200 on, on Jordan Wood or something along those lines or greater. I'd be, I'd be all about, I'd be all about placing that bet. Wood, Wood has looked good. Yeah. On several occasions, but this one in particular. Um, I, I remember the last time I saw him wrestle freestyle, it was against Kirk Fleet. Uh, who is going to be wrestling uh, Hamida uh, in this same event? And Hamida's training at the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, so he's got some practice partners there. Yes, <laughs> you've got Mason Paris and Adam Kuhn. Large men in that room to yes. train with. Yep. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's some improvement here in the older guy, and um, I don't think Kirkley it's that tall. Uh, I don't. I don't know for sure. I just he looks and, taller than Wood. Yeah, I think he's pretty tall. But Hamida's like six seven, right? So Hamida is likely taller than Kirk Fleet, but Kirk Fleet I think is still like six two or three. Okay, but that's still a decent amount of it's it's not something you wrestle every day. It's likely that Greg Kirkfleet has not wrestled a 6-7 man regularly. Right. Who is, <laughs> who's an all-American. 8 years older than he is. Yeah, who <laughs> yeah. who's who's an all-American. Um so yeah, that and and it will, it will that's a good point. I hadn't considered 
Any of those dimensional factors, yeah, this will be a better matchup. I think, well, well I we're not guess. talking about Kirk Fleet like we were talking about Adam Kuhn or Gable Stevenson or, or whatever, like where, like, oh, he's a true heavyweight. He's going to be this giant heavyweight. He's this next giant, whatever. You know, he's, um, he was kind of thought to be a bit of a tweener. I don't think that's been the the thoughts recently not recently no not re- not recently but for a while and so i i, I do think there's going to be a bit of a size difference here and obvi- and, and a height difference which can be weird I, I don't know i mean i don't maybe you remember too like wrestling tall guys can be weird it, it will be that that is a very very good point i i'm still likely to pick kirk Fleet just because i've i've well he's had so much freestyle success and, too and he has the frame to just get bigger. Like if if that's yeah. what you have to do. Well, he's one of these guys. He's one of these guys too that ask be... Casser what to eat. He did it. <laughs> well, and and which is another interesting point coming out of this whole COVID nineteen nonsense is, or did you go the Pantaleo and Miles Amin route where you're just look like you're twice the size you were before, or did you, you know, eat a lot of chips and queso? Because chips and queso are delicious. They are very good. And uh, so as it turns out, less nutritious. Lot, probably less nutritious than what those other guys are putting in their bodies. Can I can I tell you real quick? I had uh, four pieces of cheesecake on my birthday. <laughs> I had three the next day, and I skipped Monday and I had two and a half today. Wow! But it's all gone now. Nice. So that's that's good. I'm, I'm that's a positive. I won't eat cheesecake again for another year. <laughs> um, I'm not a big cheesecake guy. I wasn't, but I'm not a big cake guy. But like, I'm if not you a put big cheesecake cake guy in either. front of me. I'll eat. I'll eat it until it's not there anymore. Uh-huh. Or until I feel like I, I really need to stop. There's a well, problem. <laughs> that's one of the things that I do laugh about you. You eat like a puppy. Yeah. You yeah. eat until you're ill. Yeah. Yeah. That happened <laughs> of those three days that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Birthdays. What are you going to do? Um, Gilman Cruz. We talked about this one a bit too. Good rematch from that uh, yeah. NCAA semis. It is. Uh, both have been training freestyle. Obviously, one of them was uh, is Gilman and a world silver medalist and fighting for the spot the other guys I think I'm I think I'm more interested in this match than most people because Gilman tends to wrestle stiff and you know a lot of underhooks a lot of single legs a lot of um we've seen him get spread out on shots too where suddenly he's on his belly and he's holding on to the leg uh, Cruz is, seems to be more dynamic. He's the shorter wrestler. He moves in and out. It's um, creating angles. Gilman's more of a bully, and maybe he's a bad matchup for Gilman. And or maybe Gilman's been working on a lot of things, and where he's not going to be as stiff, he's going to be more dynamic. Well, yeah. I'm I'm very and Iowa is one of those free states where they've been able to be in wrestling rooms and oh that's right he's in pennsylvania that's right i keep forgetting um (laughs) so he's in penn state um and so he's with a new coaching staff so i'm going to keep rolling with this i'm I'm going to get different information and keep going with my point no i I just forgot and i I think i even mentioned it last week too but um 
no. So different coaching staff then is is another factor. Uh, so yeah, maybe a more dynamic Gilman here, and maybe this isn't a bad matchup for him, and maybe he goes out there and embarrasses Cruz. Like that would be a that would be a great message to send because I don't think this is a necessary. If if right now it was give me a hundred dollars that Gilman texts him. Like, are you feeling really confident on getting that hundred dollars back? A tech, a ten o tech, or like, you know, just a, a tech. Like, I don't, I wouldn't feel very confident on you taking that hundred dollars from me. So, if I'm, I think regardless of the outcome of this match, the the message in the media is whatever the outcome is is a reflection of Gilman being in that room. Yeah, this is like Brady going to. Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, win or lose <laughs> and however by much or however by little. Yeah. If, if, if he, if he wins 10 nothing, it's, oh, see what happens when you go to state college, Pennsylvania. Right. You become a much better wrestler. If he loses, oh, see what happens when you leave Iowa City. You never should have left. Like this is a pretty analogous to Brady not being in New England oh, anymore. Analogous. Yeah, you like that. I didn't even know that was a word until you <laughs> used it, and then I was like, "That's I've heard that, and it was in that context." It's yeah. My, wow. Good job. My favorite stripper's name. <laughs> What's your name? Analogous. <laughs> Want to dance? <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I, so. Just to comment, like stylistically, I, again, I, I do agree with you, Gilman. You, you kind of expect him to, you know, power in some underhooks, shoot some single legs, but look for pushouts. Uh, I do agree that that uh, Cruz is the more dynamic in, in terms of his offense and what he's able to fire at you. Uh, and and hopefully he's going to be able to capitalize on that. He's going to be wearing Adidas wrestling shoes, so you know he's going to be, you know, equipped as well as he can. Very so, true. There's all that stuff. Um, Rutherford Pantaleo. I'm, I'm I'm not really. I listened back to the episode, but I don't really remember if we talked too much about this we or did, this. Did and I'm 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 give me Pantaleo. Give me whatever the odds are. I I'm taking it. That would be a pretty good flyer, I think. Especially I'm, especially if there were. Especially if the sports book was on the East Coast, I, I'd imagine you'd get pretty good odds here, and and you know rightfully so. Like let's let's say let you know without mixing words, Pantaleo has not had any success against Zane, but he was a grade or two behind. He was um, not nearly the athlete he is now, um, with the experience he is now, without the freestyle experience that he has now. And so there's, we've seen a lot of growth on his front, um, where, I, and we love him. So, I mean, we'd love to see a surprise here. And this is one of those two where I don't think I can really pick honestly. I mean, my, my heart's going to come into play here, but, um, Pantelli has grown a lot and, and it's, it, it, this will be interesting to see. Of course, Zane. I mean, the last time we saw Zane, he was just battling Yanni for the spot and winning. No, the no, spot. no. The last time we saw Zane, he got pinned executing the leg lace. Well, yeah. I mean, that was one of those things. Um, I don't like to see that either. But again, these guys have never been on their back before. They're not like you or I. They don't just know how to fight off their backs. And if we you, have to give if our you clinic. tuned into this podcast expecting non-biased 
picks. Shame on you. <laughs> All right? A, that's not what this is for. That's on you. You can have your own pick. It doesn't affect mine. Um, but no, I, and you know, I'll, I'll, joking aside, I, I just, I, I think he's got a real chance. I mean, we've seen him take down Nolf. If I, if I'm, I can't compare apples to apples because it's been too long since those guys have competed in the same weight class. Well, and what, and, and one of them has made huge strides. What weight is this at? Yeah, that's the I, yeah, other. I don't know how the that, weight breaks that's, down. That's another thing too. If if Pantaleo might be, you know, like walking around ten pounds heavier than Zane, which is an advantage. So you know, who knows? I know. So I again, know this is changed. this is me talking into my you know, in an Eastern Seaboard sports book made it plus six hundred for Pantaleo right, to right. win and I'm about to drop two grand on it. Well, here's 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 the other thing. That's, I, I believe the goal for Pantaleo is still to drop down if he's gonna compete for the Olympics as as his plan was to sixty five. And to not stay at seventy four, it's just too big a size difference. You know? And so um if that is in fact the case then I expect it to be near there, 70 or so. Sure. Um, whatever the weigh-in is, weigh-ins are going to be there or however they have that set up. But it's an I, interesting I, factor to I've keep seen in mind. Him, I've seen him compete well with Nolf, and I, I that leads me to believe that he'll at least be able to get takedowns there. And, uh, you know, we'll see how his, uh, his freestyle has improved since, what was it, uh, U23s was the last time we watched him wrestle freestyle? I think he wrestled in the U.S. Open in December, but I could be wrong. He did, but it was up at 74 or something because he was wrestling like Zahid Valencia, or not Zahid, but uh, Anthony Valencia, hmm. stuff like that. That's right. I do remember that now. Okay. Uh, speaking of Nolf, Nolf versus uh, McFadden. Yeah, I think we talked about this one, too. We like McFadden. McFadden looked good recently. Um, you know, Nolf is pretty crazy but i do think there's a size difference here as well and again with weigh-ins i'm not really sure you know Nolf's not very big i think we talked about that yeah. for quite a bit last week um so maybe a lot closer than people think haven't seen a healthy Nolf in a while too uh maybe maybe he has healed up maybe this is one of the guys that COVID 19 has helped so um i, I mean i still think Nolf's the favorite but this should be closer than you might think at first blush. Yeah, I think Nolf is the favorite. He's he's made the decision to go up, uh, just in general to compete for the Olympics and such. So I imagine that's yeah. Him, go, him going down to sixty five would be pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's not happening. So I I expect him to be. It's such a dramatic jump, one forty three to one sixty five. Like it's yeah. just. Let's just let's let's figure that out. One, it sucks because I'm still very clearly a 70 kilogram guy, but now my Olympic dreams are shot. Yeah, I know. You can't wrestle for Baldistan. No, no, Baldistan is not a country, sadly. <laughs> a flag would be fucking dope, though. Just a it just a Gillette. Just be, no, just be, yeah. <laughs> just be an orb. Like but one of those orbs where, like, when you move, it changes color, you know? Ah, I like it. Yeah, what is it, obsidian? No, that's just, like, a black, shiny thing. I was just thinking a Gillette... I take that, too, though. A Gillette razor blade and sunscreen 50 PDF. I just want I just want a, uh, an obsidian orb. That's it. But I want it to shine. 
It's the most important piece. <laughs> um, Bo Deeringer. Really excited for this. I mean, there, this really is a great match. I, Two three-time NCAA champs. Right. Yeah, I think people forget how dominant Deeringer was and that he's been able to move up and he you know, wrestled Dake really tight at 79 kilograms, was probably the second best wrestler in the world last yes. year at 79 kilograms and has been at it for a while. And, and Bo Nickel, you know, we don't really know if he's, his motivation is really more MMA at this point. I mean, him wrestling 97 kilograms for the trials and it last year was just kind of ridiculous. And, um, I mean, he should really, you'd think he'd be a contender at 86. Uh, don't really know, you know, what he's doing. I mean, obviously he had to then wrestle 92 kilograms for the spot before that and, um, ran into Jaden Cox, uh, which still cracks me up that Jaden Cox had a stand up and peeled hands just so he could say he went 12 minutes with him and didn't give up a takedown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was phenomenal. But, um, I think Derringer wins this match. I really, I really do. And I, I know that's pretty crazy to a lot of people, but I do think he wins it. But Bo Nickel's capable of anything. So it's not like I'll be sitting there going, what? You know, I mean, but, uh, yeah. If the over-under on this match were 15 points, 15 and a half, let's say, mm-hmm. what do you take? Man, I mean, I'd love to see that over, but that's a lot of points in a match. In this high level of a match, like, that is a lot of points. I think these guys go for it, because I don't see Deeringer, like, letting up. I think Deeringer's going to go out there with the game plan, which is he's going to work to get to his two or three really good ties and takedowns that, that he knows he works towards. Yeah. He's going to hang on the head. He's going to you know work for elbow control. He's going to work for some post doubles and attacks. Uh, and, and Bo knows that probably, and Bo gets a little reckless. I think both of these guys think they can go out there and win a long fought <laughs> battle in six minutes. And they're well, both going to attack over I, and over. I could see both thinking, all right, I watched the film. I can stop the fireman. I can stop the sweep single. I, I got this, you know, and, and maybe get overzealous. And next thing you know, he gives up a couple fours, and then he's bouncing back. And so I could see the over. I mean, that's a good over under line. I like it. That's I, a it's a pretty I, solid over under line. I don't see this being like a five to two match. I really don't. I don't think they're going to be. I mean, this is ultimately what does this matter? You yeah. Know? Like these are guys who want to compete. <laughs> the reason this is happening, nobody's been able to wrestle for six fucking months. You oh, know? Yeah. So. These guys want to go. They want to get out there. They want to battle, um, and I think that's what you're going to see. This is a great card. There's it's, a it's lot. It's insane. It's stupid good. There, first of all, that's a lot of matches. It's a lot of matches. And then it's a diverse set of matches. It is a very diverse set of matches with some names that we haven't necessarily seen in a while. Some international flavor. Did I miss Bexod versus Massa? Um, this time around, dude. That's my favorite match. Yeah. We talked about it with Bormat, but like I'm I'm super pumped for that one. Like 
those two guys uh, are going to go after it. I mean, Massa is going to try and do crazy Massa things. He's going to dive at ankles. He's going to do shuck buys. He's not afraid to throw people. Uh, Abdurakhmanov is as seasoned and as, and I don't mean that as like the quote unquote old way, right? Like he's seasoned means he's old. I mean that in like he's been on the scene for a while and, and had a lot of success. Like he's been in international tournaments for years and qualified the Olympics and, and made world teams and, and medaled, right? So yeah, it's going to be sweet. Bexod's 30. I mean, you could have told me he was 40. I probably would believe you. Yeah, I mean, it no, just seems like he's been around forever. As soon as he was done with college, he was just competing in world championships. He might have been competing in world championships before. Was he Citadel? I believe he was Clarion. Clarion? No. Who was the Clarion guy? I don't know. but um, There was a Clarion guy, and then there was Bexad. His bio doesn't say it. That's weird. Gold medal. Da, 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 da. You're right. It doesn't. Um. Well, while we're he's also seven and zero in MMA. No. <laughs> it's a no. Huh. I could have sworn he was he was Citadel. I could. I, I feel like we've also had this conversation before, and I've been wrong, but. Anyway, it's going to be an awesome match. Yeah, he was Clarion. He was Clarion? Yeah, tickle my balls. You're right. Well, that was the bet. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, getting into uh, the the Beat the Streets, though, real quick, wanted to obviously... Uh, We went over a lot of these, but, but, yep, no uh, big announcement this week, though. Yanni versus Kinchigashvili. Say that three times fast. I know, right? Um, No, that's going to be awesome. Like... It's insane to think of, like, the people that Yanni has wrestled in some of these matches, you know? Like, who did he just end up wrestling? Was uh, a dude from India, Barang. Yeah. And ended up beating him. Yep. Like, he he goes after these matches, and he his style, obviously, is, like, super adaptable to freestyle. He obviously had a lot of freestyle success and whatnot, like... You know, making the spot uh, for the U.S. team just this last time was obviously held him back, but the dude is right there. He's going into his junior year, right? Like, yeah, and and Kinchigashvili is a little bit of a tweener. He cut down to 57, and um, you know, he came up for 2019. Uh, to 65 he's so this this might not be a great weight for him which also helps yanni because yanni is not a tweener i mean he's he's cutting to get to 65 Mm -hmm. um but you want to talk about a guy with experience uh silver in 2012 olympics gold in 2016 olympics Gold in the 2015 World Championships, hitting that duck under with like a second and a half left on the clock yeah. uh, to win a gold medal, which was so awesome. Uh, silver in the 2014 World Championships, bronze in the 2017 World Championships. So he's and he's also a three-time European gold medalist. So um, really good at Chinese checkers too, I hear. Yeah, he. Um, 
He won a silver in the Europeans back in 2011, which means he was only 19 when he did that. Um, that's pretty crazy. I mean, so obviously some decent tournaments the guy has uh, taken home some medals from. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, uh, great job by Beat the Streets to set up an awesome card. Um, you know, that's going to be going on this uh, Thursday uh, at 7.30 is when the wrestling starts. I believe they have um, kind of a cool thing going before that as well, too. So, uh, you know, make sure you check that out. Is this on Flow? It is on Flow, yeah. Okay. Um, 6 p.m. Eastern time is when the uh, annual benefit and virtual telethon starts. So check that out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got some a lot of stuff going on in the next uh, several days. So be ready to go. Check out this podcast, um, and then we we've already recorded and, and dropped our three or not dropped, but uh, we'll be dropping our three hundredth episode, um, you know, after we drop this one, not like immediately, but a couple days. Be ready. We'll let it air out a little bit. A little early release for you. Yeah, we just wanted to talk to Bormet first with the well, this uh, event and everything. Yeah, with the yeah. event and everything. I mean, it was chances are to preview the event and then. Um, Brent Metcalf's, uh, having a baby. So it's, uh, had to get them both done this week, but we rose and o- we adapted, rose and overcame. We, d- we did. Yeah. This, the difficulty it's going to take for me to not make it. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> myself. Yeah, you got a paracord. The only reason I stopped myself, by the way, is because I couldn't think of a, a good joke. Oh, that that's too bad. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's tough because we did the first one, and now I got a second one that I got to have. Well, I, I'll um, I'll go. You go. Okay. So, uh, legit dropped Chloe off at middle school yesterday. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was a weird one. Yeah. You now that's my little girl. Uh, so her school for the first couple weeks went virtual, which was bullshit, by the way. <laughs> Um, they went for like three hours and it was just, it was nonsense. I, I don't know. I was, um, very disappointed, but anyway, so, um, those poor teachers, they're heroes. So they, um, they had to actually go to a full day of school, uh, yesterday, starting yesterday. And so I'm just dropping her off at middle school and, and I'm just kind of remembering going to Rockford middle school when I was in middle I went to a Comstock park middle school, but I remember going there to compete, like going there to wrestle, going there to yeah. like yeah. Uh, play basketball. And I scored my first touchdown and rocket football on the field behind there. Cause it's the old high school. Um, so it's like, I got a lot of memories of going to that school and yeah, like, you know, and she was a little nervous. She didn't know where to go. Like she didn't know where her like first couple classes were. There wasn't really an orientation or anything. Right. So she was just kind of like, yeah, I don't really know where to go. And and I, so we're like having a nice little talk about you know being confident. Everyone else is in the same boat and everything. And um, but it's like normally like when she was in elementary school, I'd probably grab her hand and walk her in and say hi to the teacher. And, oh, yep, here's your classroom. Here's your locker. Here's, you know, oh, yep, you're all good. Give her a hug. Okay, you know, see you. And now it's just like, all right, get out of the truck. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> we'll see. Uh, like, I mean, just, um, cause obviously she doesn't want me to walk her in either. No, like, no. there's definitely not. Um, but then it kind of cracked me up though, cause she's, she's probably like five, six at this point. Like she's, she's at least, I mean, she's, she's a giant. And these other sixth graders that were getting dropped off in the same boat are still like five foot or four foot six. Yeah. The backpack so, that they have on takes up oh, their entire torso. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, ah, she's still little. She's just in a big body. Yeah. <laughs> so that actually made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> She should feel confident walking into that school and being like, all right, I'm at least the biggest girl here, you know? Like, yeah, the biggest one in sixth grade. Right, right. The fact that there's seventh and eighth graders there, too, is just weird to think as well. But, um, yeah, so I think I was like, I think I had one of those moments where I, I probably drove for like 10 minutes after that and I didn't remember driving. Like, yeah, you're just was, thinking about everything. I was, yeah, I was thinking about a million other things, and I was just kind of like, where am I going? Like, oh, shit. Like, did I – am I getting on the highway here? Like, shit. So, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting moment yesterday. That is wild, man. And, and you know, like, not to reiterate things we've talked about before, but, like, yeah, it is crazy. I moved here 10 years ago, and, and she was teeny tiny, and that's crazy. It's just weird. Time moves – too fast. I didn't have any kids then, and I have three. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you weren't married yet, and I remember you and Elise came over for dinner, um, and Elise was just sitting on my floor you know, in my living yeah, room yeah. playing with Chloe because Chloe was a year and a half or something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, you know, and, and she was doing the girl thing when you don't have any kids yet. Like, Ooh, I get to play with a little one. Right, like, right. you know, and then, so we're over there talking wrestling and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, her, she's, she's sitting on the, in the living room floor playing with the baby. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's hard to believe, man. It, it really is. It's wild. And, uh, yeah, you know, I guess, uh, you know, miles turned to, on on Sunday and that was a lot of fun. I guess you know the funny part is every one of your kids is a little bit different, right? And everybody has you know their own personality and characteristics or whatever. And it shows up early too. It really does. It, it it's crazy how it does. So you know we're we're singing happy birthday to Miles and he's just he's he's not shy like he's not a shy kid at all. But like. And I'm also going to do that thing where you attribute like positive characteristics to things that may or may not display that, but they're your kid, and so that's what you do. But like he's kind of like humbly sitting there, like just kind of stone faced, and <laughs> but you can tell he likes it. He's he's soaking it in, and we're singing happy birthday to him. We're singing, you know, and you get to the happy birthday, dear Miles, and as soon as you say his name, he's just got like the one side of his mouth goes right up. <laughs> He's so pumped to be the person that everyone's singing to. Happy birthday to you. And then you got to blow out the candle, and we're going, blow it out, blow it out. And then and my oldest, Cortland, is like, blow it out, blow it out, Miles, Miles, blow out the candle. And he's just the opposite, right? Yeah. Like, like no humility, just do it. Do it right now. Why aren't you doing it? It should be done by now. Why isn't it done? And so eventually, like, Elise just waves it out with her hand. But yeah, that was it. That was it. Just the funny dynamics of that you see it at the early age. But uh, he had a blast. Uh, Elise got at like a, a secondhand store, like this um, 
vanity, like children's vanity. So like okay. a comb and like a mirror. Oh and yeah, yeah. Sink so he can pretend to brush his teeth and stuff like that, but it's his own. And as soon as she got that out, oh yeah, he's gonna love that. <laughs> he's gonna make faces at himself and he's gonna pretend like he's a big kid because that's all he wants to do right now. So works out well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for indulging us another week on this uh, lovely episode of the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast. Um, check us out at uh, all the fun spots. You can check us out. And uh, thanks for checking us out today. Thanks again to Coach Sean Bormet. And rock on. <laughs>